Huh? Anybody know what we talked about last month? Identity. Amen. What did we say about identity? Anybody remember? Da, 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 da. Amen. We should be thinking like God. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. And above all these, put off all these things and put on Christ. Amen. We got to keep Jesus on. We're abiding in him. Amen. We want to be just like our dad. Amen. We want to act like him. We want to look like him. We want to be like him because he's a good God, man. And so and as a result, we want the identity from the time we are baptized in Jesus Christ. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's a whole lot of things start coming into your life. And Peter tells us, amen. And beside all these things, he says, in Second Peter 1, 5, he says, add to your faith virtue and virtual knowledge. Knowledge, temperance. Temperance, patience. Patience, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind and can't see afar off, and has gotten his purged from his old sin. Wherefore, the rather brother, given all diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you should never fall. For so shall be ministered unto us an interest into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If we add to our faith, amen, it's going to grow. And that's what we're going to be talking about this month, is recognizable faith. How you can apply the word of God to your life so that your faith in Jesus Christ is reflected. So that it's distinguished, so it stands out, so that others can see it in you. Everything that Jesus called you to be, everything Jesus says about you and your word, in his word, you want to be seen as that. You want to believe God in everything that comes up. When he says, fret not, little flock, is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, you don't want to fear. Amen. When he says you're more than a conqueror, you need to hold your head up. You need to stand tall, throw your shoulders back. Is you know, as the old song says, when the devil come and knocking, trying to show you an easily way, you just stand flat on your foot, feet, you throw your head in the air, you looking dead in your eyes, and you said, my foot's on the rock and my mind's made up. Amen. You want to have the confidence in you that God will do. The Bible says, amen, he that will come will come and not tarry. The just has got to live by faith. Did you know that that passage of Scripture appears four times in Scriptures? That the just shall live by faith? Amen. Four times it is listed in the Bible that the just shall live by faith. Think in verse 1, Habakkuk 2, 4. Amen. Then is Romans uh, 4 something in there. Then Hebrews 10, you know, Galatians 3, 3, 6, 6, 1, somewhere in there like that. You know, but four times. It appears the just shall live by faith. Amen. And so, therefore, if the just shall live by faith, then that means we got to walk by faith. we got to believe God. we got to trust. The Bible says, out of the mouth for two or three witnesses, let every word be established. 
And so we want our faith to be recognized. We want people to see that we believe in God. That's why Jesus says, you know, he said, you don't buy a candle and light it and put it on a bushel. He says, you light it and you put it on a candlestick so that it gives light to the whole room. You know, most people in the day, they don't realize that that's the way people used to live, even here in America. You know, you, you we had candles in our house to light the house. Amen. So it gives you light. You know, if you've ever been in Okinawa or some of these places, and even here, maybe your power has gone out. <laughs> you know, and you're, you're praying hard all day. God, you know, let the light power come on before it gets dark. Right? Because a lot of people forget to buy flashlight batteries. You know, and then the kids want to take the flashlight and play with them. So and you're trying to take them away so you can have the batteries in case you need to use them at night when the lights go out. You know? But the best thing you can have in your house is candles and some matches. <laughs> yeah. So that you can light the candle and put it on the stick and it'll give light, you know, to the whole house. And that's what we want our faith to be. We want our faith to be recognized the same way. So our theme scripture we're going to look at this month is Second Peter chapter uh, 1 verse 5 through 9. And in our opening statement here, it said, do you want to express faith in an authentic, natural way, but aren't sure how? When we share our stories of what Christ has done in our hearts and lives, we can introduce others to Jesus. Sometimes, though, it's hard to know what to say or where to start. Everyone knows that faith plays a significant role in our spiritual growth, but practically speaking, is either occupied too much or too little with our understanding. If our concept of spiritual growth is nothing more than self-efforts, we will not experience life's transformation. Most of the great leaders or Hebrews of the Bible share two important things. They all believe what God said, and they all seem to have some way uh, to display their faith. People often ask me, what is faith? How do they obtain faith? Why is faith important? Or why they seem to have little or no faith? These are questions that must be answered for one's faith to be seen and recognizable. And so doing this lesson, that's what we're going to talk about. Amen. And so how to have that faith. Amen. So to be identified with Christ, and last time we was talking a little bit about this, uh, to be identified with Christ, is you've got to have faith. You've got to believe what God's word says. You know, and, you know, last year, Brother DeMuth, at the end of the year, he talked, what, three months most on James? And, and was constantly pounding, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. You've got to learn to do God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word, Romans ten seventeen, right? So if I'm going to have recognizable faith and strong faith, I've got to hear God's word. I've got to be in a place that I hear God's word. That's why church is so important. That's why Hebrews 10, 25, 26 tell us not neglecting the assemblies of yourselves together, but so much more as you see the days approaching. You know we're getting closer to the coming of the Lord. And so, therefore, the more we need to be at church, the more we need to be in the word of God and in the things of God. So that our faith is being recognizable. You don't want to get to the end of the finish line and quit. 
right? You need to have confidence and faith that you can make it. I used to see guys in, in the military doing PT tests. The last event is always the two-mile run, you know. And, you know, and I've seen many of them. You can see the finish line because they talk themselves out of making it. You know what they do? They quit. You know, no matter you, I used to run back after I'm finished and try to encourage them. Come on, you can do this. You can make it. Come on. But for some reason, they just lose confidence and give up. And guess what? Now you got to take the whole test over again. You know? And now you're going to be put on remedial PT, physical training. And now, you know, you got to build yourself up. And now you got to run and do it all over again. You know, if you just push yourself. Confidence within yourself. See, you know those, they knew those things was coming every six months. You know, so, so get out there and, and practice. Well, there's no different in the church. We know the Lord's coming. That's why Jesus says, amen. Notice, let's go to Luke 18, 1. I'm getting deep before I ever get out of the boat. <laughs> amen. Luke 18, 1. And he spake a parable to them in this wise, that men ought always pray and not what? Amen. Jesus says, I want you to pray and not faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversaries. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubled me, I will avenge her less by her continual coming, she weary me to death. <laughs> That's my word. And in there, I just added that in. She weary me, God says. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man come, shall he find faith on the earth? So Jesus said, when I come back, am I going to find faith? Are you going to be still believing in me? Are you still going to be holding to the truth? Are you going to still be living this truth of the gospel? If he showed up right now, would you be afraid? Or would you say, thank God I'm out of here? Or would you have to take a double take and says, oh, no, Lord, not now. You know, see, you need to have the faith and believe that you're going to be ready to go when he comes again. We want to identify with him. Amen. We want to have this characteristic that is in us that we trust in God. So when people says negative things, you will stand positive in good things. Amen. So because that's where you recognize with him. Amen. So to be a true Christian, we must have recognizable faith. And Peter tell us the only way we're going to have it is we're going to add to it. We're going to add to it. Okay. You got to build it up the same way with anything else. You know, you have to add 
to your faith, amen, in order for it to grow. Amen. Jesus doing his training of his disciples constantly when you read scriptures, he was constantly getting on them for not having faith. He was constantly. They were seeing the things that he was doing, but yet, for some reason, they were still had doubt and unbelief. If you look at Mark chapter 4, go to Mark chapter 4, around verse 35. Mark 34, verse 35. Excuse me. And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent them away, the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with them other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awaked him and said unto him, Master, cares thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What man matter of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Notice, in part of their development, you know, they was constantly like a faith. So Jesus said to them, why are you fearful? You got to get fear out of your life. Amen. That's why you hear Paul and Peter and all of them is constantly saying, God did not give you the spirit of fear. He gave you power. He gave you love. And he gave you a sound mind. You need to keep the gift that God has given you, the Holy Ghost, stirred up in you. Think of what came with the Holy Ghost. Love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Amen. The word faith is in there. Paul says in Romans 12, 3, that the Lord has added to everyone or dealt to everyone of you, like you're playing cards, a measure of faith. Amen. A measure of faith. You know, when when I was a kid, we used to play this game, and it was always, we always had a wild card. And everybody, you know, if you got the wild card, you was good, you know. To me, that's kind of like what faith is. Because with the wild card in the game that we used to play, any other card matched it. So you always had a pair. You know you always had a pair. And if you had an ace, man, you always had an ace. So if you had two aces already and you got a wild card, now you got three aces. All right? So the likelihood of you winning is going to be pretty good. Okay? You know, the likelihood of you winning is going to be pretty good. Well, this is what God does for us. He gives us a measure of faith and anything else, any of the other gifts or any other things you add to it, you got double. See? It's what he's trying to get us to see. So add to it. Right? 
Don't just let it sit there or do nothing with it. You've got to put it to use. If you want your faith to be recognized, you've got to put it to use. You've got to have some kind of works to go along with it. Go to James chapter 5. I meant 2 real quick. James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Let me get my book here and get real quickly. I wish I could remember the scriptures like you guys, man. Amen. James chapter 2. We're going to start verse 14 down through 26. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man may say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? It ain't going to save you by itself. You got to add something to it. See, this is what Peter is saying. He says, you got to add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness, charity. Notice what he said. If it's in you and it abound, you're always going to know about Jesus. You're going to know who Jesus is. You're going to have understanding of the law. You're going to understand what God's word says to you and how it applies to you. You have to study, apply it. And he says, if this thing's in you, you always know about God. Amen. And you're going to just walk right on into heaven. You're going to have a good entrance right into heaven. So notice what he says here. He says, my brother and sister, amen. What does it profit, though a man say, I have faith, and he does work? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you saying to them, depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith worked with the works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. You've got to do something to make your faith grow so it will become recognizable. He talks about Abraham. Go back to Genesis chapter 22 real quick. Genesis chapter 22. And then we're going to come back over to Hebrews 11. Genesis 22. Starting with verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that the Lord did tempt, or the Lord did test Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, I am here. 
And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took the two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and cleaved the wood and the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place after afar off, excuse me, the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the asses. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. Catch those words. I'm going to offer my son, God tells me, but he's already made up his mind. I'm coming back with him. He says, you you just watch the monk, the mules while I go. We're going up yonder a little ways and we're going to worship God and we'll be back. But God told him to go offer him in sacrifice. Notice, you're picking up those little words, the third three days, you know, that sounds familiar anywhere in there. Amen. Verse 6, and Abraham took the word, took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he says, here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And, and Abraham says, Matt and Courtney is back there. <laughs> I just being facetious. <laughs> the lambs are back there. <laughs> Praise God. And Abraham, <laughs> and Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. To, <laughs> so they went, both of them together. And they came to the place where God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his knife and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he says, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. But now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket, thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be called. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heavens the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thee. I see as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Amen. Notice, recognizable faith. Stay here. We're going yonder in worship. 
Amen. So Abraham showed his faith in God's ability. Amen. Now let's go to Hebrews real quick. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, start verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead, from whence also he hath received him, as a figure. In other words, Isaac was a figure and type and shadow of Jesus Christ. Amen. He was the ram, the lamb, caught in the tick thicket. <laughs> Amen. Here. And, and you would have, I, I don't have time, but I'll probably get into another study because you notice from the start, he's told him to offer him as a burnt sacrifice, a burnt, you know, offering. Later on, you see that God implements these laws, the burnt offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering, you know, uh, these offerings would later be coming into play. Amen. And with the children of Israel and all of it is a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. Say, so we have to add to our faith. Now back up to Hebrews chapter six real quick here. Hebrews chapter six, verse nine. But beloved, we are persuaded are better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteousness to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown unto his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence of the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and oath of confirmation is the end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong constellation who have laid, fled to, for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entered it into the veil, within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us enter, even Jesus made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. The king of Salem, first being translated king of righteousness and the king of peace. Amen. So we see here, Abraham had recognizable faith. Amen. And so therefore, the things God asked him to do, he did it. He did. The Bible says later, he did not stagger at the promises of God. See, when your faith is recognizable in God and you believe God's ability, you're not going to struggle. You're not going to be worried about things coming that's coming against you or, or with you. You know, because you're going to have the faith to believe God's word that when he says, 
I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I will be as close as the mention of my name. That's why when Isaiah says in Isaiah 40, you know, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. we got to get to the point that this book, that we read this stuff, we have to believe it. See, that's why the writer in Hebrews goes on and tells us they couldn't enter the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief. They saw the things God did. See, we've got to realize these things. The Bible says those things was written for our learning, that we will have hope. So I've got to do the things to cause my faith to be recognized in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the Bible says in John 6 that when Jesus saw the multitude coming, he said to Philip, he says, Philip, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? And the Bible said he did that to prove him. In other words, to test him to see what he was going to do. And Philip says, you know, 200 pennies worth is not going to buy enough food for these guys. Then Andrew, back there having church, children's church, he says, we got two loaves of fish, two loaves and five fish. Five loaves and two fish, excuse me. Got it backwards. Amen. But what are those amongst so many? And what did Jesus say? Have them sit down. Have the people to sit down. And he prayed. He gave it to them. And what happened? Everybody had food and they had 12 baskets left over. See, because when you put your faith in God... That's why the Bible says, when you read that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that passage in the sixth chapter, it says God already knew what he's going to do. He knew the kid was back there. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't stage him back there. You know, he already knew what he was going to do before he ever asked Philip. He already knows what he's going to do in your situation. He already knows everything that's going to transpire in your life. He already knows everything you're going to go through in your life, everything you're going to face in your life. So are you going to trust him? You're going to believe him. You're going to take him at his word. That's why Hebrews 11, 6 says, He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, if I get in the habit of going, well, I don't know if God's going to do it or not. Woe is me and three bags of chips. You know? You know, we got to get in to the habit of speaking to ourselves, as the Bible says, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. See, you, you've got to build up yourself. When you're going through things, you still got to praise God. If not, you know what? You aren't going to have faith. You ain't going to convince me one bit. When you're going through things, you walk around dejected. You know, woe is me. You know, you're not going to, you're not, you're not going to convince me. You know, last Sunday we talked in leadership about influence. You know, that's what influence is. You got to be able to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep going forward no matter whether you feel good or you feel bad. You still got to believe God. 
You still got to trust God. You have to believe. You know, if I told you every day that God could deliver me, and then, you know, and I'm I'm preaching every day this week about going to heaven, and then all of a sudden I get a toothache and I start thinking I'm going to die, how much am I going to convince you? Not very much, am I? Not not very much am I going to convince you that I want to go to heaven. Hook me up. Keep me around. No, that is not convincing me that, you know, I want to go to heaven. Say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Right? See, because if I put my trust in man, you know what's going to happen? It's going to take my faith. But when I know that the only person I got is God, you know, then my faith is going to be recognized. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. You know, what did they say? We're not careful to answer you. Our God in whom we serve will deliver us. And if not, we're still not bowing. You, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can heat the fire up as much as you want. We're still not going to bow to your image. That's recognizable faith. You know, we're still going to take a stand for truth and righteousness. We're still going to hold on. So why'd I go to jail? You know, that, look, look at what's her name in Kentucky a few years ago. You know, she, she had recognizable faith. You know, she went to jail, but she had recognizable faith. She stood on her faith, Kim Davis, and she says, you know, I'm not signing it. She took a stand and her faith was recognized. And she's probably got more money now than she had before. But, but but she took a stand. And that's the same concept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. You know, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. Look at Daniel. You know, the Bible says in Daniel 6, when Daniel knew that the decree had been decided, had signed by the king, that if any man prayed to any other god, then that's, they're going to be going to the lion. He knew it. But because he had recognizable faith, what did he do? He opened the window. Let, let me let, let you see. I'm going to still pray. <laughs> you know, it would have been easy now to go up in the corner and hide and, you know, and, and pray so nobody can see you. But Daniel opened the window just like he did before. In other words, I read that he did not change a thing how he had prayed before. He did it three times a day, just like he had did before, the Bible says. Yeah, he went to the lion's den, you know. But what happened? He told the king, he says, God has shut the mouths of the lion. You know, I'm not hurt. You know, but look what happens to those that file charges against him. And their whole family went into the lion's pit. And the lion's had, you know, a lot of good meat the <laughs> You know, but we have to have our faith must be recognized in the things of God. Amen. We have to trust God in every area of our lives. Amen. If our faith is going to be recognizable. See, stand on the word. That's why the Bible says the things that are written before was written for our learning that we through faith and patience of scripture might have Amen. So we have to stand firm. Praise God. Look at Numbers chapter 13. 
Numbers chapter 13. And then Numbers chapter 14. Let's go to 14. 14, 1. In the 13. Numbers chapter 13. Start with verse. Start with verse uh, 29. I'll go back up 27 a little bit. 26. We'll read 26. And these are the spies that came back, you know, uh, from inspiring the land. And the Bible says, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel within the wilderness of Panran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came into the land, whether thou sent us and surely it flows with fluid with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong. They dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Milakites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Notice they start giving all the evil report right there. Sorry making it bigger than what might have been there. You know, and really you look at it, you know, in the infantry, we call this a salute report. Size, activity, location, unit, time, and equipment. You know, every time an infantry soldier go out and do a recon, he comes back with what we call a salute report. And it's all it's like intelligence gathering. And that gives the leaders the opportunity to make a wise and time decision based on the information that you bring back. Sometimes it takes a while to get it. Okay? So that's what they're doing. They, they're giving their report to the commander Moses and Aaron. All right? But then Caleb, who was also part of the team, stilled the people and before Moses and said, okay, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up their inhabitants thereof, and all the people that saw it in it are men of great statue. And there were, we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and we were in their sight. Notice the giants. Later on you read about some giants, don't you? Remember that guy named Goliath? You know, giants are going to keep coming. Giant problems, giant situations, giant circumstances, giants uncertainties, they're coming. And they're going to seem so insurmountable and so big and so high 
that you're going to look at some of the problems and you're going to go, man, what in the world are we going to do? Like the guy said, at last, Master, what shall we do? What did Elijah say? There's more with us than with them. Okay? And that's what Caleb was trying to get him to see. He said, let's go up right now. Now let's take it right now. But the people was being pounded with negative over good. Now verse chapter 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron and against the whole congregation. Said unto them, would God we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would God we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let him return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their face before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun... And Caleb, the son of Jephuni, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear thou not. But all the congregation baited stones with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation. We all the children of Israel. You know, because they didn't believe, God got upset. You know, think about it. You were on the doorstep your promise and then you start seeing things the giants wall cities you start seeing things and you get almost to the to the promise and then you want to quit you want to go back that's the old saying we never know how close we are if we didn't quit you know you you got to keep going. Your faith has got to still be recognized. No matter what comes in your life, no matter what happens, greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. The promises of God is yea and amen. What does the Bible say in Hebrews 6 that we read a while ago? When God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he says, surely bless and I will bless you and multiply I will multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he received the promise. Amen. We've got to keep pressing on. Amen. I'm sure it didn't make sense to Abraham to go offer up Isaac. You know, he, he was your promised kid. You've been waiting for it. But God says, I want you to sacrifice him. You know, and Abraham had purpose in his mind. Amen. God says it. I'm doing it. And he took him up. But God had another plan. He had a, already a sacrifice in the bush, waited, amen, for it. Amen. See, so we got to get to this place in our lives that, hey, this word says it, 
And I got to believe it. I got to do it. I got to keep my head lifted up. I got to, to to keep praising God. I got to keep worshiping God. I got to keep showing forth my praise unto him. I don't want to be like the, the children of Israel in Psalms 138 and 37. Amen. Hang your harp on the willow. You know, and you've you got to keep rejoicing. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's recognizable faith. That's why Paul, writing to the church at Philippi in the fourth chapter, he says, rejoice evermore. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God will keep elevating you. He will keep lifting you up. He'll be right there all the time. Amen. Look at the story of Elijah. Amen. In the Old Testament, he was down by the brook and and God had a raven to bring him his meat every day. The water was down coming to the brook. He had water. He had bread. You know, the unclean feeding the clean. Check that out. You know, And, and as a result, you know, he was sustained. And then God says, okay, I'm sending you to the city of Zerb. I got a woman there already, you know, ready to take care of you. Did he pander, panic? No. He got up. He goes to the place God tells him to go. He's coming in the city. He meets the woman that God says, I got for you. You know, she's going out to get two sticks because all she's got says, all I've got is a handful of meal. And I'm getting ready to cook for me and my son. We're going to eat it and we're going to die. Elijah says, go ahead and do what you're doing, but still, you know, bring it to me first. You know, because he says, thus saith the Lord. The barrel of meal is not going to waste. Neither is the cruel of oil going to fail. No. It's not going to fail because God has already said, I got a woman that will sustain you. So. It doesn't pass the common sense as if all she's got is a handful and she's getting ready to use it. But he has stood on God's word. God says, I've got a woman that's going to sustain you. It doesn't pass the common sense test that all I've got is a handful and you're asking me for it and I'm getting ready to eat and die. You see, yeah, go do what you said you're going to do. Go get your sticks. Go make the cake, but still bring me one. Because <laughs> God said the barrel ain't going to waste, you know. And if God said it ain't going to waste, it ain't going to waste. But it, what does God say in Malachi 3? Bring all the tithes in the storehouse. Do what? Prove me. Put me to a test. See when I open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. And I'll devour your enemies for you. You know, we have to get to the place where we're, faith is recognized in God. He's going to open up the windows and bless you. He's going to take care of you. You as children. That's why the Lord says, can a mother forget her sucking child? How much more you? God ain't going to forget his people. He's not going to forget you. He didn't bring you out to to leave you, the scripture says. He brought you out to carry you in. You believe he's going to carry you? I hope you do. (laughs) You know, that's recognizable faith. Standing on the promises of God. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring his glory in the highest. I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises 
of God. Remember that old song? That's right. Standing on the promises of God. That's why the Bible says when God made promise to Abraham. That's why Paul would write in Hebrews 3. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promises. We belong to Abraham's seed. And so what God promised Abraham, he promised me. What does God promise Abraham? You leave home, I'll bless you. Amen. Just keep your trust in God. Keep your faith in Him. Amen. We want our faith to be recognized. Amen. Believe it. Hold fast to your profession. Hold fast. Lift up those hands that hang down, the Bible says. Strengthen those feeble knees, the Bible says. Let the Lord be seen in your life. Put that candle on the candlestick. Get that smile, you know, on your face. Rejoice. Be excited. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Amen. He's with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Amen. God will be with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. So this month we're talking about recognizable faith. Amen. You want to add to it. You want to strengthen it. You want to build it. Amen. So that you can sing, life is good cause God is.